Hi, welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast. This is a long, yummy episode today, so I'm going to keep announcements short. What I want you to know is that today we're having on Richard Rudd on the Mind Body Musings podcast. This is his second appearance. He was on episode 315 to talk about the alchemy of the gene keys, what the gene keys are, how to use them in your life, how he quote, downloaded them. It is such an amazing episode, both on my podcast and it's also on uh, YouTube if you want to watch us talk. And today's episode is also going to be on YouTube, so you can watch our interview there if you'd like. I will make sure to include a link to the YouTube uh, video in the show notes for this. You can also just go to youtube.com forward slash Maddie Moon TV and you'll see all of my um, all the episodes that I've aired on video there including this one today's episode we are going to be talking about the Venus sequence so the gene keys have three separate sequences in case you are unfamiliar with them there's the genius sequence which is really about your prime gifts that you, what you're here to do on planet earth and how you're here to serve and then there's the venus sequence and this one's all about how your relationships manifest your love your romance and your triggers all of it the last one is the prosperity sequence which we don't go into today i'm sure i'll have them on for a third episode at some point <laughs> four or five or six and so Richard is hosting something called the Venus Deep Dive, and it's a virtual retreat. It's six months long. It is a truly, truly deep dive into love. I'm doing it. I'm, I've been waiting and really excited to, to go into the Venus sequence with Richard as a guide. I've done one of his other, I've done two of his other courses and they were both tremendously insightful on the Gene Keys, but this one is going to be an immersion, six months long, where we will be diving into our triggers and our wounds in love, and then on the other side, our gifts in love. And there's a very particular sequence that we all will travel uniquely. So my sequence in love is different from your sequence in love, and there may be some ways they line up, and there may be some ways that they vary strongly differ and the differences is where the most juice is so all of your triggering relationships in life your twin flame your partner you're with now your father your mother any relationship you have there is there's a reason for it and the venus sequence is going to teach you how to use love as a spiritual path as as relationships as a spiritual path. And that, my friends, is what we're here to do. He's speaking my language. When, when I heard him first say that relationships are the spiritual path, oh, my entire body was like, yes, yes, that feels like my calling. So after listening to this episode, if this feels like your calling too, I'd love for you to join me in the retreat. Again, it's virtual and it only takes about two hours per week. And it's November to April. And if you are a listener of the podcast, then you get 10% off. So go to maddiemoon.com forward slash Venus to sign up for the deep dive retreat. On that page, like most sales pages, you'll be able to read a lot more information. But in this podcast, you're going to get a really good feeling for what you're in store for. 
So again, that's maddiemoon.com forward slash Venus, and you get 10% off for being a listener of the show. And if you just so happen to not go to that link, and if you just go to the Gene Keys website to get your profile and you are perusing around and decide to sign up for the retreat, then make sure you enter the code. It's MoonVenus10PC. And Moon and Venus, the M is capitalized and the V is capitalized. Moon, Venus, 10 PC. I will also have this on the show notes. So if you're looking on iTunes or Spotify and you're looking at the information section for this episode, you should see it written right there so you can see what it looks like. And that's it. I'm ready to dive in. This is a long episode, so buckle in. I suggest that you listen to this on a car ride or while you take a beautiful walk or while you lie on your couch and stare at the wall or while you cook dinner. Or perhaps you listen to this with a lover with your husband, with your wife, with your mom, your dad. It's for the whole family. All right. All right. Well, let's get started and let's get rocking and rolling with this delicious deep dive into love relationships and the Venus sequence as a spiritual path. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Mind Body Musings podcast. This is your host, Madeline Moon, and we are here today with someone I dearly love. I have been following his work ever since I discovered it, Richard Rudd, who is the founder, creator, author of The Gene Keys, but also so much more than that. He is a poet. He is a mystic. He is a bard. He is a traveler of lands, and everything he says feels like this exquisite uh, diamond jewel treasure chest. Truly, that's what it feels like to me deep in my body. Everything is just exquisite. So today we're going to be talking about a very special aspect of his creation of what he has been sharing and teaching over the past many years of the Gene Keys, and it's called the Venus Sequence. And we'll get all into that today. But before we do that, welcome back to the podcast, Richard. Thanks, Madeline. It's, uh, it's lovely to be here. And I'm very happy to be talking about this, one of my favorite subjects, love mm. and uh, relationships. Mm, mm, me too. Oh, my gosh. When you told me that this would probably be the part of the Gene Keys that got me the most excited and then I spent a little time reading it and doing the golden path for this particular sequence yes this is like it's so beautiful because it fits in very well to the polarity work that i do in the feminine masculine and showing up as love that's what the venus sequence seems like it's all about is how to be the love past the wounding yeah Yeah, it is it's um shall i shall i say what it is a little bit um let's do it well, for those of you, I guess, who are new to me and Gene Keys, it's, um, it's a profile 
that you can get online from genekeys.com, my website. And if you go and you get your free profile, and you'll see that that profile is a, is a, opens up a whole journey in your life. And that journey is a deep contemplative journey that kind of takes you into some of the deepest areas of your being. Um, the first part is about your purpose. I talked about that last time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second part is about love and relationships. And the third part is about prosperity. And there's a, and there's a reason for the ordering of those as well, because you need to kind of have a sense of what your core purpose is in order that you can then be in a healthy relationship because that's your anchor. Your sense of who you are and your deep purpose is your anchor in every relationship. And if you don't have that, relationships are quite tricky because you're blown off balance because you don't really have this grounding inside yourself. So um, that's why the Venus work, as I call it, is part, it's connected to positions of planet Venus and Mars and um in our in our kind of profiles um it's not the same as astrology uh but because it links into the I Ching, which then links into uh, our dna and the kind of through the mathematics and the formulas of how uh, the I Ching operates which is the chinese system behind it um it kind of gives us a a set of i guess algorithms they're the algorithms of our awakening that's one of the things i call it and that all sounds very maybe complicated and um but it it actually the the actual traveling of the path itself is very real you know because you you have these keys and these codes that relate to you specifically and when you come into the venus sequence it's a sequence of codes that helps you unlock and understand your own patterns of challenges and difficulties around love and around what i call the wounding around our hearts that we all carry and so at the core of the venus sequence is it is a, a kind of it requires a courage of each person to go into it because you're going to have to look at your own patterns of wounding so the things that have you don't have to understand them you don't even have to kind of be able to isolate them as events for instance in your childhood if you can that's fine um, but many people can't because sometimes these things happened so subtly and so early in our lives um, and sometimes they would they're just held deeply in, our, in the cells of our body particularly around our heart and and our belly and they're just cellular um, memories and ways in which we defended ourselves when we felt helpless, whether that was, you know, it can be very subtle things sometimes that trigger them. Um, So it's, as I said, it's not about knowing what it was that triggered it. It's just about knowing what does the trigger feel like? How, in what circumstances is it fired off by another person or an event or a situation? And what is it, you know, and how does that, how do I respond and then how can I disarm that pattern that doesn't do me any favors? You know, because when our heart closes, whether we, you know, because we feel threatened, that's actually, you know, as an adult, it's no longer needed anymore. Mm. You know, and so the, the best situation is when we can keep our heart open to difficult situations. And that's what the Venus sequence teaches us how to open our hearts and how to recognize when they're closing and how they close 
and then begin to work at that with that. And it takes some time to begin to kind of reopen our responses to difficult situations. Because, you know, difficult situations can be the smallest things, like, you know, a relationship, any relationship, um, it can have great promise, but then the other person says something, <laughs> you know, and they probably didn't mean it, or, you know, whether they did or not, or they lost lost it for a moment. That that just spoils the whole atmosphere. You know what I mean? Like suddenly there's this, this kind of, you were in this loving space and then that person says something or does something and then the whole thing's just gone, shattered. And you're like, and, and there's a part of you that's closed off. And how do you get back from that? That's what the Venus sequence addresses. How do you get back from that? Yeah. So, yeah. So for, for anyone that is new to the Gene Keys, I'm so glad you, you did that little <laughs> coming back to the center of it. Listen to episode 315. That's the first one I had with Richard on. And when you pull up your chart, you'll see that there's three different colors. There's a blue spheres, green spheres, and red spheres. We're talking about the red spheres. Just so you know. Um, one of the, th one, something that's coming up for me and I, I get this quite a bit from my female listeners who are dating. And I'm curious how the Venus sequence relates to this question. Because we're in such a different day and age of loving and dating, like with all the dating apps and people yeah. being, so many people, I'd, I had a woman in my group program today say, oh, my biggest complaint with men is that everyone wants to be polyamorous. You know, I want, where's the monogamous man? Like there's a lot of different, um, blocks that are even at the beginning of mm. being in a relationship with somebody. So one question in particular I received from a woman was, um, I'm tired of wasting my time on the wrong men, on, on men who aren't ready for commitment, aren't ready to lead, aren't emotionally available, want to be polyamorous. What are your thoughts or what are the, the what's the Venus sequences thoughts on wasting your time in dating and how can you mm. apply your venus sequence the theories mm. of the venus sequence to even that process of, of finding your match yeah i think um in a way the transmission or the wisdom of the venus sequence and the gene keys as a whole kind of dispels a lot of myths around this and some of them are perhaps a little bit um i don't know i don't know if they're shocking but they they dispel some myths <laughs> um and one myth is that there's a perfect kind of relationship and there's a perfect person i think we all kind of know we'd like that to be true and yet the reality is that all the different types of chemistry and i, I in the venus sequence i've mapped the different types of chemistry you know and, and that attracts us so if you if you go into the venus sequence and you you've done some of your own venus sequence haven't you so mm -hmm you'll know some of these things, but um, I have, what I haven't done is I've never shared that public. Well, I have shared it once or twice publicly um, and I'm about to share it on my uh, retreat that's coming up. And it's the different types of chemistry that attract us towards each other. So you can see that um, in through this, I mean, we're going to create an app out of it eventually, probably next year, but you can oh. see these different, 21 different types of chemistry. And, um, and what you see in that, is some of them are based on harmony 
Some of them are based on dissonance, you know, which is where there isn't obvious harmony, but there's interest or excitement. Some of them are based on passion. Some of them are based on like a karmic kind of, oh my God, I've been waiting for you my whole life type feeling. But like, you're just so different from me. How can that possibly be? Um, and how, we, how, would we, how would we ever have a relationship? That kind of thing. Some of them are romantic in the sense of there's longing there and uh, from within the chemistry. And that what, what's interesting here is that is it's not talking about the individuals, it's talking about the chemistry that comes when two people come together. So the first myth to dispel, I think, is that there's a good chemistry and there's a bad chemistry. Mm -hmm. um, there's just the chemistry that you have attracted. And there's a kind of, I've, doing, I've done a thing about this recently, it's coming out soon, there's, there's a, a universal law called the law of unseen grace. I made this up, <laughs> <laughs> but I call it the law of unseen grace. Um, or some angel told me, maybe. And it's that we always get the exact relationship that we need, exactly the one that's in front of us, right? Even if it looks like a disaster. So that's the first thing is there's no wasting time. No relationship is ever a waste of time, even if it ends in disaster. Because the whole notion of behind the Venus sequence is that you, your relationships become your spiritual path in life. Mm. You know, they become the path to your awakening. Mm. And so if you make that kind of commitment inside yourself, my relationships, whether I'm in one, whether I'm not in one, you know, an intimate one. I have lots of others, friends, family, you know, those are all relationships as well. All of those are part of my spiritual path. And especially the ones that I find difficult. Mm -hmm. Those are the best ones for my spiritual growth. If I put my, if I put my kind of attention and my awareness on those rather than kind of wishing that they weren't that way, whether it's your father, your mother-in-law your child your sister brother an old friend who betrayed you or whatever it is or you betrayed them or you know, whatever it is those ones where the difficulty is those are where the juice is so i'm not saying you have to go and kind of find them but i'm saying that they definitely deserve our attention mm -hmm. and so i'd say that at the beginning is like Everything is learning. Everything on this planet is learning. It's all for us to learn about our heart. And if our relationships can bring us into our heart, then actually, I mean, this is quite radical. If our heart truly fully opens, let's imagine that, that your heart was to fully blossom, fully like radiant you wouldn't need any relationships, you know, mm -hmm. because you would be in relationship with everything and everyone at all times. I mean, that's a mystical thing I've said, but ultimately that's, that's the great kind of prize, like to be interdependent with life rather than codependent and not even independent, interdependent. So you're, you're, you're in a dialogue, you're merged with existence, you know, this higher state of consciousness, of, of divine love, if you like, that many of us might dream of, and it may seem a faraway dream when we compare it to human love, but human love can lead us there. Mm -hmm. All human love, even kind of twisted human love, 
you know, love that kind of just is ugly even, or that just seems painful because that takes us into the reason why we're not feeling that greater love. So mm. all types of relationship are leading us to that journey. That's where I, I think, I think I've kind of said what I wanted to say there, but we can go deeper, but I'll just pause. It's a stunning answer. It's a stunning answer. And I so agree with you. It's truly, to me, it's like a saving grace of having that kind of perspective on the rougher relationships. It's how we're not drinking that, um, that poison of resentment as by Mm -hmm. actually acknowledging, wow, that was a teacher. Wow, like, mm. wow, my mother is such a teacher to me. Mm. Wow, my very loud political father is such a teacher to me. Different politics. Mm. Like, these people that enter my life, and even when we look at the, the example I gave of these, um, the, the person we date that has a different type of relationship preference or going on a dating app date that was really awkward. Mm. All of that provides us a practice field. It's an opportunity to be the practice, be the embodiment of love, be the embodiment of more breath when you really just want to fight, flight, or freeze. Mm. They're such beautiful gifts and opportunities. So the Venus sequence, it's a sequence. Can you clarify that for us on, mm. on what that means exactly on yeah. go in order? Well, yeah, I'll give you a little journey through it, actually, because that'll be the best way to describe it. So it's a sequence because everything about our evolution operates in sequences, um, in stages, you know, and the same is true of our mind and our heart, everything we open in sequences and our our heart especially opens in a sequence. Like the heart is not, the heart is very delicate in some respects, very powerful, but it's very delicate, like a little flower, like a flower, like a rose, you know, those emblems that the poets speak of. And, um, And so the heart likes to open in layers as it feels safer, you know, it feels safe and then another level of safety and it opens a bit more and another level of safety and it opens a bit more and soon it just starts to feel safe with everything, you know, and, and then it begins to really blossom and that perfume emanates. And so that's all about sequences and steps and, and it also closes down in a sequence, you know, so, the understanding of the Venus sequence is, I mean, there's, uh, I mean, there's nothing else as far as I know on this planet like the Venus sequence because it describes each person's unique shutting down process and therefore in reverse, their opening up process. So the journey of the Venus sequence and, the, and by the way, because uh, we can talk at the end about the retreat I'm about to do, but it, it's a big journey. You know, that's mm-hmm. why this retreat, I'm about, it's an online retreat. Is six months, like mm. just to go through those stages, because I want people to have enough time to integrate it into their life, whether you're in a relationship or you're not. Um, but you'll go through your your step into your your sequences, you know, and and you'll step into the first one, which is called purpose. Which I said, like you have to have a sense of who you are, really embodied, before you can enter into a relationship in a healthy way at all. Otherwise. Mm you're just lost in the other person's energy. You're lost in the chemistry itself, you know, and it can be really captivating. You know, when you meet someone, you fall in love or, they, or you have some lust or whatever it is and there's this energy and, and the chemistry just takes you. And if you don't have that anchor of your purpose, 
you're just entangled in that field. And although you may have some great experiences at the beginning, soon the entanglement will just snare you in a, in a kind of massive confusion because you haven't found you haven't, you've lost your base. Mm. And that's very common anyway, even if you know your base, right? Because we can, and that's what relationship teaches us again and again to come back to your base. This is me. That's you. There are, these are the place where we meet, but I'm going to come back to me now. It's time for me to be with me. I've, you know, because I feel like I need space for me or I've been hurt and, and it's, you know, I need to look after me. And that's a really important stage in relationships as well. So that's the first one, purpose. And then the second one's called the attractor field. That's the second part of the sequence. And, the, and, and there are pathways between them as well. And I describe all this. And it's, an, it's, a, nice, it's a beautiful journey um, to go on, the first pathway. I won't mention all the pathways, but the first one's called Dharma, which is a, a, a lovely word from, borrowed from like um, the Vedic cultures of India. Um, and the Buddhists use it as well. And it's one of those difficult words to translate, but it means um, the teaching in a way, the spiritual teaching of life that comes to you. So you, you attract, as I said, you attract through your attractor field. You know, you have a field that attracts energy, attracts things t- towards you and people towards you at specific times in specific ways. We all have that, right? And so it magnetizes um, certain people to you through a, a frequency and that frequency it's like a radio set you know it can be set to a high frequency or a low frequency and a lot of that is just deeply unconscious inside us so if it's set to a low frequency it draws in a low frequency pattern so if you are holding for example an unconscious belief that i am not good enough or i am not worthy of being loved at some level if you have that or, you know, because of something that happened inside your childhood, for example, but that's deeply embedded in you, you will draw in a person who reflects that. They will also have that feeling inside them. I am not worthy enough. And you might meet them and think, oh, what a lovely person. And, and you have a nice experience and you get to know them. And then these patterns come up, like after a month or whatever. And then you realize, oh my goodness, you know, I'm embroiled in this with this person who clearly doesn't love themselves. But then if you look deeply, you'll see actually it's a mirror of you. It's why people say relationships are always a mirror. There's something mirrored back to you for you to learn. On the contrary, on the other side, you know, if you have a kind of heart that where you do feel really, this is, this is why when you, when you do do this inner work on your own heart, you do attract in different kinds of people. You know, so if you're feeling really wholesome inside yourself and you have good boundaries and all those things, you will draw in someone that also has good boundaries generally. Or you may have good boundaries and all those things, but you'll draw in someone that doesn't to teach you, to reinforce for you that you do. Like, you know, so, and sometimes that can be really empowering. It can be like, no, actually, I'm going to say no to what you're asking you know, and that can be really powerful for them and for you, wherever the relationship goes. And it could develop into a friendship from there. It could develop into, or it could just end. So every relationship, it's like, it's giving us, you know, through that attractive field, it's giving us the teaching, the Dharma that we need exactly so that we can polish the next little bit of our 
of the gem of our being. Mm. And then it goes on. Um, and there's a, uh, I won't go into all the pathways, but the, it goes to three, uh, a series of three, it's deeper inside us now, it's a series of three places, which I call the IQ, the EQ, and the SQ. And they're a sort of triangle. And the IQ is um, our, our mental intelligence. The EQ is our emotional intelligence. And the SQ at the top and in the middle, in a way, is um, our spiritual intelligence, the intelligence of our soul, of our heart. And so what it says is that our heart and love itself is a balance or a harmonizing of yin-yang forces. You can call those, if you're a psychoanalyst, you might call them animus and anima. If you're a shaman, you might call them a god and a goddess, you know, it, that live inside you. It, you have lots of different ways, you know, of understanding Mars and Venus, you know, the inner male, the inner female inside us. Uh, you could say they're also like um, intellect and passion, you know, and they're at war inside us in some way, you know, because they're two sides of our personality and they're the male and female, they're the man and woman. They're, they can be combined in all kinds of ways inside us. You know, so you can be a gay person or you can be a, you know, you, you can be all kinds of possibilities where those have like crossed over inside you. And it means that whenever you're meeting someone else, you're meeting their inner yin and yang as well. And how, how you know, and, and plus on top of that, there's all, you know, like women are wired differently from men, generally speaking. Right. So generally speaking, and I have to say that really liberally, women are more emotionally wired than men who are more intellectually wired. I think we kind of know that. Right. Of course, mm -hmm. there are a lot of crossovers and that's changing all the time. And, and we're learning to be the other side. You know, so the men with the, the male, the mass, I won't say men, I'll say the masculine force, because that can also mean women. Can, of intellect can be incredibly strong and domineering and <clears throat> can overpower the feminine force inside us, you know, and vice versa. You know, the, the, the kind of depth of feeling completely swamp the intellect. Yes. So you have this EQ IQ inside us. And this, it's a nice term in a way because we measure IQ you know mm. we, we've learned to measure it but like we try and measure it i don't think we're very good at it actually <clears throat> um because i don't think it's just about kind of understanding you know logic and how and you know how the brain works it's more than that but anyway i won't get into that and eq as well we we don't we're not so good at measuring that but it, we know it has to do with empathy <clears throat> and listening and the ability to communicate and relate clearly and take responsibility for your own feelings. Those kind of things are, are like honing your EQ. So in your own Venus sequence, you get to see the, the triggers specifically that help you hone these parts of yourself and bring them into balance. And when you can bring them into balance inside yourself, you no longer have to manifest the battle outside yourself because mm -hmm. that's what's always happening in every relationship. It's just being projected out the inner yin yang so venus sequence shows you that whole dynamic it's beautiful to watch it's really you know because then you can you can instead of it being a battle you can turn it into a dance and it can become something that you learn from that you grow from and that's when it blossoms into this top one called the sq which is our spiritual intelligence which is really the the soul of our being that's when love 
begins to open mm. and we begin to heal our heart through this balancing of the inner yin and yang. So all of that's in the Venus sequence. And um, I'll pause there before I go to the final stage, just in case you want to ask anything or we want to go off on a digression. I'm fine. Oh, I'm I, talking I love theory. Everything you just said was so well explained and I love all the layers to it. I'm so thrilled to be doing the retreat because obviously there's so much to learn here and I want to go slow. Like I really enjoy taking my time and sitting yeah. with Gene Keys. Um, so to be clear, when you say, I'm kind of looking between you and my chart as you talk, when you say the triggers, the, the triggers are kind of meet each other and then the triggers are yin and yang coming into equilibrium into healthier mm. states. Are you referring to the shadows or the actual events that happen in the relationship? Yeah, well, both really, but, but specifically I'm referring to the shadows. And, you know, as you'll know, through doing your Venus sequence, you get a gene key, which is a code, um, an archetype, and then you get a line number as well. Mm -hmm. um, and this is part of our journey to understand there's, there's six lines. And the Venus sequence is very strongly teaching about these lines. There's only six of them. And they're a bit like the octaves of a musical um you know of music so inside us we're very musical so that we have certain keys that we resonate in so as you understand which line you have in your iq which line you have in your eq which line is in your sq it starts to begin to give you a sense and that's how you know also those 21 types of chemistry that i mentioned mm. that's about com combining those six lines in different ways with you know when you meet someone so if you have a line one in like I have a line one in my attractor field. Do you know what yours is? In my attraction? Yeah. My attraction's line five. Okay. So a line five is a long way away from a line one. There's only six lines. Um, and so that's a certain kind of chemistry that, I mean, I can give an example from someone I know who's in a relationship with a line one and a line five. And it's a chemistry, I call it orbital chemistry. Right. So if you if you're with a line one, it's a chemistry that kind of when one person's energy is up, the other person's is down when one person's, you know, it's like those two people that like live in different rhythms. So mm -hmm. like one person might be a night person, the other person's a morning person, you know, and you will find between that one and that five, you will find all these polarizations and you're like, how the hell are we ever going to? live together or get along or it's like and so you have to kind of find a way and i was sharing with this man and he was talking about his wife and how difficult it was and and i said look it's orbital it doesn't mean it's stuck it's like it's moving all the time like an orbit so what you have to do is you have to kind of see when they come into it there's a time when they're the same like you know what i mean one's going that way one's that in the middle they're in the midline that's where you meet so you have to drop everything where you meet, you know, and meet at those times. And so they're rare. So that's a relationship in which it's actually fairly rare that you really come into harmony together. And that can be on different levels. It might be you have a day in the, in the month where, you, where just everything hums together. And you don't quite necessarily know when that day is going to be. But mm. you might, after living together for a long time or knowing each other, you might begin to adjust intuitively to those rhythms. But if your mind is trying to figure all that out, you'll go crazy. You'll be mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, 
you just drive me crazy. You're never, you know, you always want the opposite. You know, when I'm in the mood for going out, you want to stay in. And then it's like, <laughs> and so that's an example, just an example of how these lines can like trigger each other or harmonize each other. Depends on how we manage the love in the relationship. So there needs to be a lot of understanding. You know, once you understand it, it's like, oh, I don't have to change. I don't have to change the other person. And, and that immediately means so much energy that goes into fighting or negativity drops away out of the relationship. When, when, even when one person stops trying to change the other, then suddenly all the doors of that relationship open up. You know, and and it, I say this as well, like the Venus sequence, um, I say this a lot. I say it only takes one person to transform a relationship. So it doesn't, you know, and a lot of people say, well, I'm doing the Venus sequence. Shouldn't my partner be doing it as well? And I said, no, 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 just one. It only takes, you can never force it on someone. It's like, if it's your calling and you have that courage, it's going to be your transformation. But your transformation can take place through your your relationship. but it'll still be your transformation, but it will also transform the relationship. How? We don't know, but we know that more love is going to be coming out of you, right? And how the other person responds to that is not in our control. Some mm -hmm. people may actually run away from that. Others may go, oh my God, what's happened to you? You're so like loving and forgiving mm -hmm. and just easy suddenly, you know, mm. because all these things have, you know, ideas of how it should be have begun to drop away. Yeah. So that's an example, another example of how the Venus sequence can help us through, through just understanding, you know, how we are kind of, how we're meant to work. And you asked about polyamory, for example, and monogamy and, and, um, you know, I, all, as I said, all types of, relationship are kind of are for learning about love and I, I i mean i have to come clean i'm a i'm a um i'm for monogamy because that's my that's what i am so i so i that's what i know most about you know because i've been married for 20 years and so i know that that is the love that takes the that is the fiercest kind of love actually mm. it's the fiercest kind of love because yeah. it puts you through the test more and more and more it's like you know so it's like um depends on the phase of life you're in you know and uh because both can be amazing and in different ways and both can be horrendous in different ways and and it's no reason to be stuck in a relationship either because you can get you know i know some of the most miserable people on this planet the, the loneliest people on this planet are in relationships you know yeah but they're in relationships that are harmful, you know, where they're locked out of, you know, their heart is just completely closed and they don't know how to get out. And that's a terrible feeling. So I'm not saying it's, you know, it's like the thing. Right. It, whatever you find, you know, is your way, is your way. And sure, when I was young, I was not monogamous. I, I tried all kinds of things and then I met, my wife and I kind of hung with that one and, it, and <laughs> dug in and um, and it's like um, it's like digging a well you know if you dig in one place 
consistently, you'll eventually get to the water table. Whereas if you dig lots of shallow ones, you won't ever get down to the real juice. Mm. So, you know, those are beautiful relationships if you can manage them. And again, Venus sequence really helps you because it helps you deal with your own wounds and they will come up in a, in a longer relationship. And um, you definitely have to deal with them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, I don't know how I got there, but <laughs> oh, pause again. So beautiful. I, I had all these little questions along the way and then I kept having to drop them because we kept going to new places. So I'm going to forget all the questions I was thinking. No, of. bring them, bring them in now. Let's... Well, the first thing I wanted, I wanted to say when we were talking about the orbit, it reminded me of Benjamin Button. Have you ever seen that? No, I haven't actually, but oh, I've, I've heard of it. Yeah. So but it is a, He's a reversal of age, isn't it? Yeah, he starts out being like an old man and then dies as yeah. a baby, but he falls in love and with a woman. And obviously she was a baby when he was a little man. And then they have this one blissful time in their lives where they're the same age. Yeah, I just yeah. got goosebumps thinking about yeah. it. Like the whole, the whole scene is them basically sleeping on a mattress, eating food, making love, and just taking that time to be in full pleasure together and then it passes and mm. then they move on and it's just oh it's just mm. um so beautiful and i love that using the venus sequence and knowing your particular flavor of wounding and shadow in the way that you um i listened to you on a doing a conversation with your your friend um on youtube you're saying something about like um uh safe it we keep it we keep it in a safe like we keep our heart in a safe net or something like that um for safe keeping and this process is about really reclaiming your own responsibility to be love which i love this so much because it takes the focus off of the other the same thing goes for polarity of not waiting for your partner to be quote more masculine and for you to just step into that energy you're craving instead of just like tapping your toe, waiting for them to do it. Mm. So bringing in a little bit of my own personal experiences here, because I think it's, it's so timely with, with when I found this and I was making relationship choices. And my question for you, we talked a little bit about this in our last podcast episode, but through the lens of the Venus sequence, and this is, this is a little bit ab- about myself, but also just for all the women out there in relationships, all the men as well. Um, how do you know when your relationship is meant to be and if you just keep digging in that well, digging and digging and digging, you're actually doing the relationship and love justice and it will reach the, the bounty of treasures or you're like the the example you gave earlier of the per, the person who's in a monogamous relationship and really suffering how do you know that line when you're just trying your hardest to make something work but it's leading to more and more pain and darkness and in that maybe even what you're wanting to the thing that you need in order to you think you need in order to feel safe and open and loving in a relationship and even be happy in a relationship. What if that's the deepest threat to your partner? I'm sure it often is that our wounds attract each other. Um, And I've been in relationships before where my deepest craving, my deepest desire is to, to be 
loved and to love at the same time that I have my freedom. And freedom can mean many different things. It, it, sometimes it just means support in my activities. Like I want my partner to support me in wanting to do my own stuff. That, that feels like a love language to me. Or I get off the phone with someone and, and there's no like questions about who it was or interrogation feelings. And my wound is that the more that happens where I feel a little micromanaged and controlled, I get super triggered. And it, it has happened in my past relationships where I've attracted some people who have the greatest fear of being left or abandoned or that I'll find someone better than them. So then they control. Mm. And so the more I have done the foot down of like, no, here's my boundary. I want freedom with love, I think, the more that's triggered the other person. So I can see already how so much potential is there for growth of digging and, and going deeper together or separate and apart. But what's that line between like keep keep going or man, I'm suffering and this is painful and I don't want to do it anymore? Hmm. Well, I think <laughs> I think our heart knows where that line is. Um, so we really have got to find our heart. You know, that's, and, and for me, like, if you've lost touch with your heart, then you don't really know where that line is. You know, um, your mind may say this and that and the other, but it's, it's, you've got to come back to that place. I said that IQ, the EQ, you've got to come to that place called the SQ, which is your soul. It's literally the soul of your being. And it's that part of you that knows, you know, either. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to learn, I'm going to go deeper regardless of how this looks or because I'm courageous and I feel up for it and I'm, and I'm learning and I'm growing, even though it's difficult or it's the soul that just says, I can't do this anymore. As you just said, I actually can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I'm going to call it quits. I'm going to move on. I'm going to, but I'm going to move on graciously. You know, I'm going to move on from a place of empowerment rather than a place of reaction, you know, and do you know what I mean? And distrust. Yeah. I'm going to move on from, you know, because ending a relationship um, graciously is a great art, really, to master. You know, and the other person, they may not be able to, but you can. Yeah. You can. And it's, a uh, you know, and to to be, it, it's, a, it's what we owe to ourselves that gentleness that self-respect and the respect to another to speak to learn to have the courage to speak what's in your heart to speak what's true for you um and also to learn the diplomacy of when to say that you know and when not to say things and that's part of a that's an amazing set of skills also that are part of learning to love it's part of the language of love is learning what not to say as much as what to say. And, oh, and yeah. particularly, you know, when we're younger, we kind of just say everything. And, and then we learn over a period of time, like maybe there's some things I, I, you know, I call it keeping it in the porch, which my relationship teacher, who is a wise man in his eighties now um, taught me that. And he said, it's like, keep it in the porch. The porch is like that bit in the front of a house, you know, so you take your boots off in there and then you, and then you come into the house. Mm. So it's like a holding place. And so if you think you've got something powerful and important to say, before you say it, you just keep, you hold it for a bit in the porch 
you know, or you, or if you've got something like, you want to say, you hold it for a bit, you kind of have the power to just hold on to it. Hang on. You know, it can be said later. It doesn't have to be said now. Hmm. Have that self-discipline and, and then see if it shifts inside you. Um, and, and often it does. Or often you're like, and you're like, oh God, thank God I didn't say that because it's changed inside me. And now I realize I'm going to be able to say it in a much gentler way and, I'm, mm-hmm. and, a, and at a better time. You know, so all of that is part of, it's not, I'm not quite answering your question, but I'm leading into like, this is like, these are the amazing arts that we learn in difficulties in our relationships. So even when things are hard um, and it feels like, this is wearing you down. It's, it's, it's incredibly valuable because there's so many things you're learning this language of love. And those are things that you're going to take. If you finish this relationship one day, you're going to take them on inside you. But essentially what we're doing is we're learning to parent ourselves, you know, inside ourselves. We're learning to take care of our own hearts. And we need to be very careful about taking care of the other you know, because we are there, to, you know, we, it's, it's our kind of, you know, when you love someone, you want to take care of them, but we also have to take care of ourselves. And many people can get lost in like trying to rescue someone else, you know, trying to do the therapy on them and help them. And that's actually a very slippery slope. As, and if you found out, many of us discovered that that just is, is, a, is a disaster. And often you're like, then you're, you end up in this place where you're waiting for the other person to change or get better or get over themselves or get past a pattern. And in fact, we can't, that's not in our, it's not in our remit. You know, mm. we have to take care of ourselves. So sometimes what happens is as we heal our hearts, you know, we grow in love and the other person doesn't. And that's when you know, you know, because you're growing and the other person isn't. That's when you know, you know, and you might wait a bit and just see because love is, you know, like that. Love is like, well, I'll wait another six months or a year. It doesn't, it's not like you say that, but you just, you do because you kind of, you love them and you, and you want this to kind of, you want to see, you know, I'm, I'm feeling better about myself. Let's see if this, some of this good feeling rubs off. And, and if it doesn't, then you're growing at different speeds. And that's when the heart will probably say, okay, I think, you know, I think I, I think I need to move on now. I think it's better for both of us. And it becomes clear. And that moment is a, I think for most of us, we come to, it's like a moment in time we just come to, and there's that certainty. But, I think we have to be really careful is if we jump out before we're ready, you know, before the heart has, if we jump from a place of, of like, I don't know, if we don't jump from a healthy place, if we don't leave from a healthy place inside us, then, you know, we reattract that same pattern again in some way, because we haven't healed it inside. That's what I was saying at the beginning of this call, like every relationship has its dharma, has its teaching, it brings us. And we have to listen to the, le- it's like an envelope you open up, you know, it's like, here's a relationship, you open up the envelope, oh wow, what's in here? 
And in there are like a series of like lessons that you're going to have to learn. It's like this is what the Venus sequence tells you. It's like, oh, well, here are your lessons. You know, you're going to have to learn how to overcome intolerance. You know, do you, what are your name? One of your gene keys so I can we can. My my um, SQ yeah. is um, line three, pleasure, yeah. adventure and understanding. Uh, the shadow is provocation. Okay, so uh, there you are. Yeah. So like one of the things you're going to really work with your heart, you know, opening is like how to not be provoked. Mm. <laughs> no. uh, so and, you know, so, so you're going to draw in people that find all kinds of ways to provoke you. My father. My yeah. father, it's his favorite thing in the world. And I forget, like we were, I went to Montana. Oh my God. Yeah. I went to Montana to visit him um, with my partner at the time. And we were all in the car for like five hours and it was yeah. like provoke Madeline marathon. And I, I forget it. that it's a game to yeah. him and I get yeah. so activated. And yeah. then, and then I bring in um, what I've learned to do is bring in humor. And yeah. then I just, I, he's my, one of my greatest teachers yeah. of learning how to bring in humor when I am so mad. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, it's so funny. And it's also funny when it's, you know, kind of really personal, but in a, in a fight with someone who, you know, but um, yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be one of the ways in which you find that, you know, pr that provocation is a great lesson, is a great learning throughout your whole life. It will be. Hmm. And, and ultimately it can be, you know, it can trigger an awakening inside you and a, a deeper, deeper, mm. more liberating space, you know, because it's. What about the uh, line, the, sorry, the, the line three, can you, can yeah. you speak to how the line three and provocation or the, yeah, li the lines, yeah, the lines teach us a lot. So, um, you know, the third, the line three, if you have a line three, remember there's only six, then, um, Line threes are the ones that kind of love change, right? Mm. And so that's, you know, yours is a heart that will always love change and diversity and difference and, and travel and, you know, all of that. So mm. in a way for your heart, one of the worst things would be like to be locked into like one kind of monotone way of being with mm. one person that's always the same and it sort of always just goes in that same direction. And, you know, it's like you're going to need someone unpredictable, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's dangerous as well. But it's also beautiful and it's provocative and it's like alive and, yeah. and it, it throws up constant learning, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what the line three loves. So it gets very bored very easily. Um, of like, That's oh, true. okay, you know, and it wants some, wants a new horizon. So you have to work that into your relationship and you may end up being with someone who's, um, you know, pretty, pretty like different, very different. So you have to kind of like, let's say you you end up with someone with a line one in their SQ, you know, and they're very stable. Right. And they like things the same and their heart loves that. Like the same, they can do the same thing every day for 50 years and they are in heaven and you're like how have i fallen in love with this person <laughs> right and then it's down to like how do you manage that mm. so you have to be the one that says okay i'm going away for a few weeks i'll see you and, he, and he's like okay mm. <laughs> i'm gonna be here doing the same thing <laughs> it's like <laughs> and then you go away and have your fun you come back and and you make it work and or maybe you live in a different house 
you know, or, you know, and so you just orchestrate it so that it works with your two different patterns. And it's, you know, the thing is you have to, most of us find that really hard because we, we're being triggered all the time. <laughs> and so we actually don't often get to that, that kind of almost plateau. It's a plateau that you can get to in a relationship with someone where you actually go, wow, okay, I'm in this, we're in this. Now we've, we know we're very different in these areas. Let's figure it out. Let's actually figure out what works best. And that's so powerful when you can have those dialogues. You know, when you grow into that maturity, you can have those dialogues and say, well, I like this. And, and well, I like this. Okay, so how are we going to do that? And you just figure it out. You know, the hearts figure it out because it's the language of love. You're just sharing. A lot of the time it's practical stuff. And you kind of meet edges and you're like, and it's a lot of things in, in our relationships about compromising, right? So, but there's, I always say there's two kinds of compromise, inner compromise and outer compromise. And if you're in a relationship, you're going to make loads of outer compromises. That's just the way, you know, it's the way you're going to say, okay, I'm, I, I won't do this as much because I know it upsets you. Um, or I won't do it when you're around, you know, smoking, whatever it is. Um, but I don't want to, I don't want to quit because I enjoy it too much or something. And so you come to these compromises with each other and you deal with them. Right. But then inner compromise is something that's very dangerous to make. Like, so if you compromise, you know, your freedom, you know, that, or, or your, you know, like that third line of your SQ that wants, um, that's about pleasure, that's about enjoyment of life, you know, like if you compromise that, if you can't have that in some way, if you can't go and find that, you know, because someone won't let you find that, then, um, or they're not comfortable or they're jealous or they're whatever, then that's a very difficult, that's very dangerous to make those inner compromises. And, but they, you know, inner, com you know, so we make outer ones, but we don't make inner ones because that's our truth, you know, that we're following. That's my purpose, so, by the way. It, which? The um, bountiousness and compromise. Oh, is it? So that yeah. actually is a key itself. Yeah, that's right. So that's a, that'll be another part of your teaching, you know, in relationships. A mm. lot of it's going to be like, where do I compromise? Where can I compromise? Where can't I compromise? You know? That's you saying that is bringing a lot more context to that one for me. Um, is I, I said to a friend the other day, I, I said something on the phone and it hurt his feelings. And he told me that. And I said something like, well, well, first I did all the, I hear you. I see you. Thank you for sharing with me. And then after that was like, and here's what I'm thinking. Ah, I just want to be myself. And so I was immediately doing there's something in there around the compromise of of me i feel that this is going to be a really powerful key for me to get clear on what is the inner and what is the outer because some really are outers that may feel like a threat in their inners anytime that it feels like anyone is controlling me my wounding gets triggered around it could my mommy wounds or whatever family wounds of never having freedom so actually learning as an adult woman how to separate between it's not all inner it's okay it's not all inner like i've got to tell my body and myself it's not all an inner compromise some really are outer compromises and it doesn't mean that i'm now under the control of anybody else 
So I can see how that's going to be really big for me in, in the mm -hmm. Venus sequence and in my relationships is coming to terms and, and coming to feel empowered in my own compromises. Mm. And I think, you know, especially for women, because a lot of women listening to this is like, um, you know, you asked that question at the beginning about com commitment from men. And that is a big issue for men is commitment. And, um, and I'd, I love to work with more and more men with, on this mm. issue of commitment. And I really challenge them. Please. And, and, but in a way, as a woman, you have a real power to let a man know that that's a place that you won't compromise. Mm. You know, you will not compromise. If, if, if you don't feel that level of commitment from him, if it's a him, then, you, you know, that's it. You, you, you kind of just go, this is not going to work for me. I'm really sorry. I love you. It's not going to work for me. And, and a lot of women do make that commit, that compromise and it ends in disaster. Um, Cause it's like you, you know, every relationship needs to have its kind of sacred, you know, container. So, the heart is so, like I said, it's so delicate. You know, our wounding is delicate until we've healed it. It's delicate and, and we need to take care of that. We're little children, really. We're wounded children living inside us. And so we, we kind of need to really have some of those firm parental, self-parental boundaries. It's like, if you don't, you know, if you're not able, I, I understand. If you don't want to commit, I understand. But I want commitment from you. And if you're not able to give it, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, I'm off. And that's so powerful. Just that, like, see what that does to the man. That's the power right there. Then that man is like, if it is a man, you know, he is confronted with his own wound in a way that few people have kind of had that, that strength to kind of show him. You know, so it's really powerful. You never know what's going to happen when you, when you hold on to one of those, you know, in a, places and boundaries and you just hold it for yourself you never know what kind of transformation it might create you might well find that that person comes back to you and goes okay i hear you i really want to be with you so much i'm willing to really try you know and then you know like great he's gonna try <laughs> well let's see how you do <laughs> but at least like he's made that commitment to like i'm gonna try that's an amazing result so sometimes holding your ground is well it's really really key it's part of that purpose you know like mm. knowing your purpose knowing your ground this is what i this is what my heart wants this is you know i need these things for myself and yeah it's powerful mm, anyway it's that's so powerful it's so so powerful and and the, the word that's coming up for me is is conviction and and taking a stance on something that you believe in really it really takes you into especially that example you just gave of this is what i want so many women in particular struggle with claiming what they want because they've been called crazy and so they just second guess everything they want do i really want that or maybe i should be more enlightened and be polyamorous if everybody else is doing it or maybe <laughs> i am moving too fast or being too emotional and what you know what life is asking what love is asking from us is to take our stance with love bravely because that's such an act of love to the self of being like 
you know, yeah. and it's like, fuck what everyone else is judging to be too yeah. much or too crazy or too this. Like I'm standing in my truth. This is how it is. Yeah, and it, and it may be the other way around. It may be that you are the one, you know, your truth totally. is I'm in the polyamorous, you know, yeah. camp. That's my truth. Like, mm. I don't want this kind of other thing. Like, and uh, this is where I need to go right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to explore it. And, mm-hmm. and also that's, a, you know, if that's the heart that's singing out with that, then, you know, you just know where you are. You know, you know where everyone knows where they stand. One of the foundations of, of like, really good relationships is that level of inner honesty mm-hmm. you know that we can just be that completely honest about what what we really want for ourselves mm. yeah beautiful okay so i know we're over yeah. the hour here yeah um do you have time for two more questions one, yeah. they're both you know one's about the the retreat i want to ask you about and one is kind of random but it's cool. from my friend she has a an attraction sphere and her partner's life's work sphere is the same. And they want to know, what does that mean for them if one's attraction sphere is the other's life's work sphere? Oh, I see what you mean. So it's, it's the same line or it's the same it's gene It's the same key. gene key. Yeah. So it's the same theme. So you often see that in, you know, when you're looking at these, these profiles, these gene key profiles, and you see like crossovers and um, patterns that come and, and you just sort of have to figure out, you know, what that means for you. It can't definitely binds you together in some way that this, you know, your, your, what was it? Someone's attraction. Yeah. My friend Nadia's attraction is the same as her, her partner's life's work. I think it's okay. 57. Yeah. yeah. I believe it's 57. So, you know, it's like you're, so that's, you're getting to see your attract, you know, that person's attracting in someone who he, who, who will help, him or her fulfill that life's work and vice versa mm. you know there's some there's a kind of you know when we come together in chemistries we also kind of borrow each other's you know the field starts to kind of we're more than just what we are on our own you know you you start to kind of become a morphed field um you know and that's why you need this sense of like separation so that you can become that as well mm. rather than getting lost in each other um, so, but you can almost borrow each other's gifts and at the same time you can borrow each other's shadows mm-hmm. and that can also get, you know, difficult, but you have, so you have to kind of get through all that and see, you know, what those connections mean. It's a journey, you know, and, and it'll go deeper. So I wouldn't want to put into words like some kind of neat little thing. Yes, it means this. I think, you know, those that couple are going to explore that if they're going to explore that and they're going to find out what that means for them. And it's obviously a strong connection when you see that, you know, Mm -hmm. so you see one person mirroring another part of someone's inner being, Mm -hmm. um, then, you know, it's brought you together. It's one of the things that's brought you together. So it's quite interesting. Yeah, it's, it's so true. And they actually have talked about living in different homes. Like they like the space and when they come together, it's, Mm -hmm. it's explosive. Yeah. Yeah. So, the thing that I'm, I'm, I'm really understand and I'm gathering about the keys is truly, like you said in our last episode together, it's a quest. It's a journey that you're taking and it can be interpreted by each person individually, like what they think it means. Mm-hmm. Is there any, if you are looking at, like if I was to pull up my chart next to my dad's or next to a lover's, is there any um, sphere any spheres in particular 
that we can look at to to be like oh anything like that you know what i'm saying like because it is so massive is there like one or two different places to see how something matches up or doesn't match up yeah i mean it's the same question we kind of began with in a way which is you know is there something like I can, I mean, it's fun, right? You can look and you can see, well, there's things here. And, you know, but if you, you can always look. And for, even if it looks like nothing matches up, you're like, oh, wow, nothing in here seems to like match up on paper. But then the two people together, there's electricity. And you're like, well, what the hell is, you know? And it's actually, it's actually the dissonance that's exciting. It's like that there isn't an obvious match is why you draw that person in. And I call that adventurous chemistry. That's the name I give to those different types, mm. adventurous chemistry, because they often, those relationships come into our lives at different times and they take us on an adventure and we may not stay with that person for very long, you know, or it could be that we manage that over the course of our lives. And it, it, it wouldn't be an easy one. I could, I'd say that it's like, it would be, but then none of them are that easy. <laughs> like even the ones that look really harmonious, the ones that are the easiest are the ones when you have the same, right? So same it's like the, the lines are the same. So there's a line one with a line one, right? Oh. And you see these people out on the streets and they're like in their 80s and they're holding hands still, you know? And you look at them and you're like, oh, why can't I have that? <laughs> and yet, that, if it's a line one and a line one, is actually quite boring, but it's beautiful, but it's maybe not what you want. It, and maybe that person had lots of adventurous chemistries and then they finally settled on that one, where it's just two peas in a pod. And it's like, oh, this is so nice after all those other ones, you know, and or however their life shaped out. So we get different ones at different times in our life. And, um, you know, they all have these different flavors. So. Um, I would just be very cautious about trying to kind of, you know, I actually won't go there. I was like, I, I'm not going to say, you know, because even if you, the one on paper that looks best is the relate is the romantic one because it's a lot, it's a resonance across octaves. So someone has like the note G in this octave and the other person has note G in this octave. It's like a, a, a line one and a line four. They have resonances and two and five and three and six. Those are like, harmonics they're beautiful mm. and so they're but there's and what's interesting when you look at all the chemistries 21 different types of chemistry there's only three of those right so actually ro true romance is rare right which is why we kind of know that we're like well, i want that one i want romance why can't i have romance it's but you don't find it statistically it's rarer you know, there's loads of the adventurous ones you know when you look at all the lines you're like well there's much more of those so they're more likely to have relationships that don't have that. Hmm. And then when you do find one that has that, oh, la, 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 you know, you're like, oh my God, this feels so good. <laughs> and man, it's hard to keep that relationship going because hmm. the, the, the romantic ones thrive on separation. They the, thrive on line? longing. Is that a certain line? Well, it's one and, three, one and four, two and five, oh, three gotcha. and six. Gotcha. Those combinations. Gotcha. You know, so it's, but they, they thrive on longing. Mm -hmm. So you actually, you're better off not living together. You're mm -hmm. better, even though you long to, you know, so you're better off, not, but if you come too familiar, all that energy just dissipates and you're like, 
this is flat. You know, it's like what I saw in you, where has it gone? Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to like, even those relationships, you have to keep the distance. You have to, play, it's like, it's like, um, you know, we're playing music with each other and we have to kind of learn the way of the chemistry. Mm-hmm. So this is what Venus sequence teaches. Like it teaches, here's the way of your chemistry, figure out how to make it work, you know, mm-hmm. and anything goes like, but you have to, first of all, you really have to do the wound work, you know, because otherwise you've got no base to, to overcome your own inner wounding. Mm. So, you, so you can't really love anyway. So that's the primary work of the Venus sequence. That's the, actually the bit I'm only interested in. I use the chemistry thing just to get people in because they're interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you are. I've given away my secret. Uh, um, but, the, but the real work, it, it, honestly, it is. It's, it's healing the heart you know, with gentleness towards ourselves. And then it doesn't matter if you had any kind of chemistry, it doesn't matter what it is, you will thrive in it because your heart will just be like, uh, you know, I, I love the diversity. It's like, I, I just love this person. You, they've, they've come into my life. I don't know why I love them. I love them. Mm-hmm. I can work around anything. You know, mm-hmm. that's what the heart really, that's what the unconditional love says. I can work around anything. My dad, you want to say what you want? Say what you want. I love it. You know, yeah, yeah it drives me crazy. I'm like completely disagree with you. But man, I love it when you do that. It, it's actually his way of loving you. Yes. And yes. if your heart starts to kind of get that and your mind moves a little bit into the background, you'll be like, ah, oh, dad, you know, it's ecstasy when you say those things. <laughs> that'll, that'll like stop him in his tracks. That would, absolutely. <laughs> oh my so, God. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's love is just something. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. <laughs> it makes me breathe deeper even hearing that, how liberated I can feel in my dad's presence. Yeah, totally. So I've so been- So can looking- I just maybe talk five minutes about this retreat? Yes, I was just about to say that. Yes, yeah. go for it. What do you want to know? Well, I was going to say that I have been looking forward to this for four months since I heard about the divine, um, the, the deep dive. Sorry, I have something called the divine deep dive round that I do on the podcast sometimes. Oh, so. cool. But it might as well be the divine Venus sequence deep dive round. Um, so yes, please tell us about it and, and how, how long it's going to be and, and how much time every week maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I know it sounds a lot six months, but if you think about it, like, I don't know what's going to happen in the world over the next six months, but I know that I want to be working on love, you know, mm. and I think that's a pretty good commitment mm. to make and, and working on self-love is really what it's about. And, and if you're in a relationship or if you're not in a relationship, that's the deepest work we can do in our whole life. And if you are in a relationship, it will probably shift the relationship in some way as well and if you're not who knows you know what it might bring to you um it's uh yeah it's a it's it's a one it's we call it a virtual retreat because it has a if you haven't done if you're listening to this and you haven't done one of these with us before at gene keys um they have a rhythm that's weekly so every week there's a theme and then the next week there's another theme and it just moves and it's very gentle. It moves in the background of your life. The commitment level is like, I think we said like it's around two hours a week is kind of, if you break it down, it could be like 
lots of 20 minute sessions where you're watching something, you're listening to something. It's pleasant as well. It's not like you're kind of a chore. It's not like you're listening to like a really nice meditation or you're, you're, you're reading up on your gene key that relates to your EQ, you know? So it's like, okay. And then you're contemplating that and maybe you're listening an audio on that one. And then you're reading the bit in the book about that line to help you understand your line. And then you ask to go and watch that in your life. So it's like, it's not like boring. It's like really engaging because it's reflecting you now in your life. You know, that's the beauty of these retreats is that they, they take place in our life, whatever you're doing, you know, whoever you're interacting with, this is going to start changing subtly all those interactions, I would say, because you're going to be operating out of a higher frequency in your heart. So the word, the language you use may begin to change a bit. The way you respond to people maybe begin to change. It or small small steps over a period of time. That's why it needs time because you need to. It's a lot to take in, as you've probably heard from today. I'm talking a lot, right? There's a lot, and I wanted to share as much as I could in this hour or so, just so people have uh, an idea of how deep this goes. And um, and there's two of us taking, I mean, there's two of us teaching it, myself and Tamaya Lawson, you know, so we're a man and woman teaching it and we'll give our different perspectives. And she's a very wise, beautiful kind of, um, you know, crazy uh, Scottish wise woman, mm. you know, who has so Oof. much love in her. Yes. Um, and, um, and then we also have a whole lot of really amazing hosts who um, who will be helping throughout the, the process. So you get, basically you're going to get, be put in a virtual village of around 300 people. And those will be the people you can connect with online through forums and talk to. And there's a cafe as well. So you can drop in, meet people like an online 24 hour cafe. So you can come in, just kind of chat. I'm in this part of my sequence. I'm a line four and here and you're like oh yeah so so there's ways of connecting but there's also it's you know it's more about like the rhythm of each month as it passes and our contemplation moves deeper into the sequence into our own sequence and we're exploring deeper layers and then we also have q a sessions each you know in each month where you you know people will have a lot of the same questions actually and so we find, Tamayo and I, that when we answer like, let's say, 10 questions really well, we've answered probably most of the questions that people have. And if they're technical, they get answered by, you know, technical people. Mm -hmm. But um, it's a great system. It works really well. It's a global group. You kind of meet people and you you in one week in each month we have called what are called community calls where we come together as a big group in a time zone you know that we've that works for us and then we get put into a, a this is with the whole group you get put into a group with maybe three others or four others and you share where you're at in your process and you will be very deeply listened to by those other people and that's an incredibly empowering experience because you start to hear how it how the wisdom of the sequence is impacting others and the synchronicity of who you end up in a room with is always just gold you know because it's not controlled by us it's just the randomness of life throwing you into exactly your tractor field putting you with those people for that for to hear that story at that time 
and meet that person for a specific reason that resonates. So um, I find those really magical. So, and, and then we have these beautiful musical meditations. There's a lot of secrets coming in this one as well. There's a lot of new transmissions I'm going to be sharing. Um, obviously, the, the, it follows the course of a self-study course, the Venus sequence. So it has, you know, it has these stages and steps already built in. So if you've already done the Venus sequence, um, then if you do the retreat, you don't have to pay again for your Venus sequence. You've already got that, right, mm. self-study. But then you're just doing the you're doing the dive part in company, but you're going deeper into the sequence itself, probably than you ever have before. Um, so that you really get to the bottom and eventually we're coming down to like, um, the core wound, you know, which is this part of us where, you know, we're, we're beginning to kind of transform ancestral, uh, wounding patterns that aren't even ours. They're held in the collective. And so when you do that in a collective, in a group, it's really powerful. The whole experience of working with, you know, it's probably going to be at least a thousand people around the world from all different cultures. Um, then I think it's around 700 now. So I'm sure it would probably double that by the time we begin. Um, that collective field is, is really powerful. It kind of enhances your experience it quickens it sharpens it kind of just makes the whole thing so much more powerful because because you're doing it as a collective and um and you can feel that and you feel over a period of time you get to know people as well in your village and you know in in groups and stuff so yeah people make friends really deep friends for life um so yeah and I, as i said i don't know what's going to happen in the next six months but you know we're on this <laughs> heart opening Mars Venus healing journey that um, probably will stay with us for the rest of our lives. So I hope that people want to come. I think we're off, we're offering you guys, I'm offering you a 10%, anyone a 10% discount who, who comes through your link, right? Yes. And the original price it's, it's for what you're giving. It's yeah. incredibly generous. I was surprised when I first saw that. And I always do very, overly generous prices so generous so the original price is how much was it uh three fifty dollars um for six months um if you've got your venus sequence already it's what is it that's um 150 is that right oh my god the venus sequence is no 250 yeah because the venus sequence is a hundred dollars yeah so So freaking generous it's so much that your everyone will be receiving i didn't want it to be a thing that stops people and and if you can't afford that we also run a bursary scheme as well so some people who really can't afford those prices you can hook you can sign up to our bursary scheme on on through the venus Mm -hmm. portal on my website you can go in through there okay great so for everyone who is a listener of Mind Body Musings, you can get 10% off on joining the Divine Venus Deep Dive um, by going to maddiemoon.com forward slash Venus. And if you are not using that link, I highly suggest you use that link, maddiemoon.com slash Venus. But if you don't use that and you're just going to his website, make sure you get the 10% off by putting in the code all right, here we go. Moon Venus 10 PC. And Moon is capitalized M and, and Venus capitalized V. Moon Venus 10 PC. And I will have all of this in the show notes to this episode written down. You can just click the link for it. I will also put it in Instagram, all the different places. 
Um, I've been, like I said, I've been looking forward to this for months now. And during this time, you know, when, when the pandemic first hit, I went really deep into these online communities and then I needed a break because I went in so intensely into all the different, where, where all the groups can I go into? And now I've learned this, even learn how to have even more intention in the groups that I put myself in online. And so this is one that I've been, I've been literally saving my energy from November to April, even though it hasn't even come yet. I've been energetically putting my focus on those months of like getting my, my sacred space inside and actually like literally like getting my home in order so that even if it's only two hours a week, I can dive in and I have the energy and the space for that. And I'm really excited to be held in a community and have that container. I think the container aspect is for this type of work, it's so great. Like the way that you made the golden path, which has the um, activation sequence and the Venus sequence is so wonderful. It's so simple for, for me. I need that. I need really simple um, structures. And also like we've been talking, it's so complex and there's so much to it. And knowing that this might be one of the last virtual ones that you lead perhaps well i will keep doing stuff but whether i do the venus again is is uncertain because i've got more to move on with and um and i i hope to pass it on to others who are like really um adept at working with it so um so that i can go on with some of the other transmissions that i want to deal with so yeah it may be the last time i do it but you know i always pop in you know to the to the other ones anyway but um yeah it could well be yeah that's just something to keep in keep in mind you know we only live once we want to do the divine deep dive round when richard is the one teaching yeah do it do it and and it'll it will be amazing it feels like um i don't know that behind this is an energy of divine feminine you know is that that's why it's called the venus sequence so there's going to be a lot of that energy behind the retreat in the retreat woven through it there's going to be a lot of beautiful music there's going to be a lot of you know yeah some really cool things grace the energy of grace moving behind Mm. yeah i love that thank you thank you thank you so So if you want some more grace in your life then gene key 22 i've been reading it i've been reading it come on board (laughs) oh this is so beautiful richard thank you so much and thank you for going um 30 minutes over the hour yeah, it's just fine. so hard to stop when we're talking it's so yeah i know it's such a big subject isn't it it is so thank you again um i will have all the links everyone like i said on the show notes for this and please reach out let me know if you're joining um i know i'll probably see a few or a lot of mind body musings or musingers in there and Please let us know what you thought about this episode in general. You can leave a comment, a question on the Instagram post for this or by going to my website, maddiemoon.com. I hope you enjoyed this and I look forward to sharing with you another episode next week.